Josh Williams here, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 65 for Wednesday, August 8th, 2018. How are you guys doing? Welcome, onesies. I'm going to tell you guys this week about a wedding reception that I went to. I had an audition, uh, you know, the, the, the gym and meal prep crap. I watched some comedy specials, right? I hung out with my buddy uh, Mika and his lovely wife, Mel. I'm going to read you guys emails, all sorts of little things to chat about here. Let me start right off by saying, uh, after the last podcast, guys, I... Uh, Took my bottle of scotch. Uh, well, I didn't take the bottle. I mean, that, that sounds pretty rough. But I uh, I took, uh, I bought a brand new bottle of uh, Ballantine's 15-year-old, and I cracked that puppy, poured myself a nice little glass, went back with a cigar. And uh, funny enough, my roommates, uh, Jason and, uh, I, I don't know if Kamar was there initially. I don't think he was, as a matter of fact. But either way, we, uh, actually, I don't think Kamar was there at all during that evening. Wow, how about that? My memory's starting to go. Not that surprised to me. Anyways, point being is I took a scotch and a cigar and we went back on the, uh, the back porch. I don't know if you guys have seen some of my live videos or whatever. I don't know if you're following the social media. <laughs> Maybe one of the reasons to do that. But uh, we uh, we watched a movie out in the back porch. We have set up, actually, it's funny enough, you should follow Kamar. Kamar is absolutely fucking hysterical. I actually have to put that in my notes right now that, that Kamar made me laugh my fucking ass off at my Friday tasting. Was it my Friday tasting? I believe it was. Uh, and, and speaking of which happy belated birthday to uh, avid listener, right from the beginning, my, uh, my buddy and roommate Kamar, happy birthday, buddy. I don't know if you want me to say your age, so I won't, but, uh, you, uh, you certainly made me laugh on your birthday. I'm putting that. I'm like, I was thought I was ready to do this goddamn episode guys. And, uh, <laughs> I also don't know if you're okay with me posting, <laughs> telling them about your Instagram post on your birthday. But I mean, if you're posting it publicly, I can't imagine why you'd get upset with me doing it. So, um, <laughs> I'll only say what it looked like. Oh, guys, I'm all over the fucking map. All I can say is, uh, Tuesday after the podcast, I took my cigar and, uh, and my scotch and went on the back deck because we have our setup where, uh, we have a big screen TV outside, uh, on the wall. We bring it from, uh, the back, uh, the back sunroom, which is relatively large. Uh, it's like a huge rec room attached to the back of the house. So we go from the rec room out into the porch and, uh, the TV goes in and out uh, as the weather permits. So we sat out back. It was myself, Jason, and, uh, a good friend of ours, Colin O'Brien initially started. I believe Cybid came along about halfway through. We watched casino out back. I gotta tell you guys, when we got the TV outside, it's got this very wicked kind of summary feel, almost like going to a drive-in in the sense that you're outside, you got the nice elements, cars are going by on the street. You know, it's just, you're outside, but then you got this nice sound system and TV. It's very, it's got this very, uh, you know, like when the communities, little, little, uh, what do you call it? Townhouse communities. They'll sometimes do like someone will bring a projector or whatever, and they'll do like a movie night, but it's always shit sound, right? Because the sound's just coming from the projector. No one ever, no one ever rings the sound screen, put it up against the side of somebody's house, nice and big, but they never think, oh shit, how's everyone going to hear it? And they think that the speakers on their projectors going to be enough, but people are talking. You can never, you can never hear. Anyways, point being. I had a great time Tuesday night. Uh, you know, we uh, we had some drinks. Uh, tied one on, I would say. Didn't get shit faced, but definitely I uh, had a few drinks and uh, and made my first mistake of the week. Uh, I had uh, the guys ordered a bunch of stuff in from Uber Eats or skipped the dishes or one of those fucking. There we go, giving some free plugs to local delivery places. But I uh, I, I ordered a, a, a 
pizza, small pizza from Gabriel's, and I crushed that fucking thing all to myself because the booze takes control and I have no willpower. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I can't even ride that in a happy way. I'm like, I crushed a fucking pizza. And then, uh, we had a great time. I got to tell you, like I said, that was a great evening. The podcast was done. It was uploaded, ready to go. And I was able to just sit, have a cigar. Oh my God. what a great movie casino, right? Who hasn't seen that? Uh, what's his face? It's Martin Scorsese's follow-up attempt to, to see if lightning can strike twice after him making Goodfellas, which one of the best movies makes another Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci movie with casino. Uh, Sharon Stone, back when Sharon Stone was the, the talk of the town. Now it's Margot Robbie, right? They're like, who's the, who's the hot chick that needs to be in every movie right now? Margot Robbie. But back then it was Sharon Stone. I think it was just the tail end of her, her popularity, right? She was the, the hot wife in Total Recall. Uh, Basic Instinct, right? Those were some big Sharon Stone movies. That was that was her fucking era, and now she's gone. She went. She cut her hair short and went batshit crazy. <laughs> if you look at any of the interviews, she seems absolutely loony. Um, whatever. <laughs> Wednesday, Wednesday morning, uh, got up and Ubered despite a mild amount of dehydration from the night before. Mm-mm. What's your problem, Josh? Do you drink too much? Maybe. I'm drinking a Caesar right now. It's my first of the day. I mean, it is only 4.30, right? Most people aren't even off yet. And as always, recording this episode on Tuesday for you guys on Wednesday. Um, You know, I thought this was going to be a really short... This is what I'm hoping for this episode. I'm hoping to make it really short and almost have some people be like, dude, what the fuck? That was like a 30-minute episode. It never is. I always think, I'll make it a short episode. You guys can yell at me if it's too short or maybe tell me that was perfect like that every time. But you know what? I'm going to get jawing as I'm known to do. And I'll look down. It'll be like an hour and a half by the time we get to the end of this fucking thing. So I'm going to try to move this along this week and see if you guys prefer an abbreviated version of my life. Wednesday morning, Ubered. And then I had an audition, which I thought was at quarter after 11 and it turned out it was 11.05. So I'm Ubering. And around 10 o'clock, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take one more ride. I think it was, you know what? Actually, actually, as a matter of fact, it wasn't even 10 o'clock. It was like 9.45. And I'm like, I'm going to take one more ride. And then when I'm done this ride, I am going to go, you know, home, shower, change, read the read the lines a couple times. I, I'm even going to be reading the lines in this episode. A little spoiler for you guys. I'm going to read you the exact lines that I had to read for my audition. And, um, and I didn't sign a non-disclosure agreement. So if everyone has a fucking issue with that, man, eh, maybe make sure that you loudmouth comics with podcasts don't, don't get lines for a movie. But, um, anyways, I figured myself, I'm like, I'm going to give myself an hour to go home, shower, change, drive to the place, plenty of time. And again, I thought it was quarter after, right? So I'm thinking, you know, if I'm home for quarter after 10 shower, change, hit the road early, it gives me half an hour to get there. It only takes 10 minutes. So I accept this one last ride and I go pick the person up and they're not out front waiting or they're not even a minute or two. This person ends up like making me wait like five minutes to, to pick them up. And that's a little bit of extra time I didn't want. Ah, you know, no biggie. I'd start the ride enough. I don't know if you guys know this about Uber. A lot of people think we seem to know where you're going before we pick you up. We do not. Once we hit start ride, that is the first time that we find out where you're going. It avoids cherry picking, so it's good customer service, but it's kind of hard for instances like that where I'm on borrowed, you know, not borrowed time, but limited time. So now to say this, this trip is finally starting and I get this guy, find out what he's doing 25 minutes away, you know, and I'm very close to home at this point, pick him up. He's going super far away, 25 minute ride. So around, you know, five, five to 10, maybe, maybe 10 to 10, 
you know, we, we start driving down the route and we hit this part of town that has a canal. Ottawa has a canal and there's bridges over at the lab boats to go through. Well, we start to drive down and right as we get stuck in the point of no return, traffic surrounding us everywhere, we can't back up. Traffic is stopped and the bridge goes up. So we sit there for 10, 15 minutes waiting for this bridge to go up. So now my 25 minute trip now is an extra 15 minutes added to it. So I'm, I'm able to shave five minutes off the clock, but I finally get this guy up to his destination at like 1035 in the morning. So I'm thinking, all right, well, it's gonna take me 20 minutes to get home. I will quickly change and then get my ass there. So I, I don't know what happened. I didn't break any law. Well, I, I probably went a little bit over the speed limit, not too, too much, but, um, I didn't like, you know, blow through any red lights or stop signs. And I didn't go more than like 10 kilometers over the speed limit. Uh, but the fact of the matter is I managed to get home at a half decent time. I think I got home at like maybe 10 to 11 and I changed and everything within like three minutes. Uh, cause I was wearing just, you know, driving around, not doing anything fancy clothes. And the audition was for a winter scene. So I figured I might want to put on like a long sleeve shirt, maybe grab a toque. So it, I could sort of make, make it look like what I'm going to look like if it's winter time. I'm supposed to play in like a 30, I think I'm supposed to play a, between 40 and 50 year old cab driver and I'm 35 and I don't really look that old. Because I act like a fucking child all the time. Anyways, um, get to the audition uh, and see that, like, I get there three minutes late. You know, I thought I was still going to make it there 10 minutes early. Nope. Three minutes late. Because um, I didn't realize it was 11.05. I thought it was 11.15. So I uh, I get in and I see three other people that I know. Some buddies that have the, you know, some other comedians and, and stuff in the area that, that I know do a little acting here and there. Take a look at the the sheet and see, wow, these guys look even younger than I am. So they they were clearly just asking anybody to audition. Um, and uh, <laughs> so I go, I, I, I was talking to the, the person who's running it and she's a, she's a great person. And, uh, you know, we, we chat every now and again and she, she, I don't think she said this directly and I don't even know if she quite indirectly said it, but what I understood was that they'd already picked the person for the part. I was looking at two other guys in the thing and I go, oh yeah, there's no way I'm getting this. Um, these other two guys look like, you know, Vermont cab drivers. I don't. So, and again, I'll read you the fucking lines. This is, I'm, I'm glad I got, I told them I'm either getting the part or I'm getting a new joke out of this. This is ridiculous. The, the, just everything about it is, is stupid. So I'm, I'm going to read that to you guys in a little bit, but, uh, go to the edition. Uh, I see, uh, I see the person there, my friend, I, again, I don't know. She doesn't know anything about this podcast, so I'm not going to name her, start throwing people under the bus, but, um, we do one, one audition taping. It's short and sweet. I go, <laughs> I go, well. That was awful. Uh, you know, or actually when she was done, she's like, perfect. I go, yeah, we're not going to, we're not going to take five more cakes. You know, you don't want to take five more cakes. I go, I obviously understand that you guys have already picked the person that you're going to have. This is just, you know, formalities. You're getting paid to do the auditions, do the auditions. And she laughs. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was just such a fucking waste. Like the stress that you went through for like the hour and a half beforehand to, to, to basically, I was actually pissed off too, because and not to be like that, this is the angry podcast, but the fact of the matter is just like, quarter to 10, right? So in my head, an hour and a half before my, my audition, I should be able to take a little 10 minute ride and get home. No, instead I pick someone up who doesn't come to the fucking car right away. Then we get stuck, you know, and then it ends up being a super far ride. Then we're stuck at a bridge that's lifting the bridges. I drive over this bridge a hundred times every day. It never lifts. But the one time I'm in a hurry, right? That's when it, that's when it's time to go up, which is everyone would go, oh, it's always the way. I, yeah, I guess it's just a little extra frustrating because 
again, I'm driving Uber as a means to do my real career, which is, you know, entertainment of some kind. And the acting thing is certainly a, a lot better pay, but be a little more, you know, in the same lane as the shit that I'm trying to do. So the fact, and I, and I fucked up the audition. You know what? Maybe if I'd done really well, I would have, you know, had a chance at the part. All right. I, I know I'm not fucking, you know, Johnny actor. I'm not, my face is not the one that they want to put in movies. All right. If you drop, drop some more pounds, work on that charm, that acting fucking muscle. And, you know, maybe I'll start seeing a little, uh, a few things, but it just frustrated me that, that I was basically like, you know, a couple minutes late, had barely had a chance. I was reading the lines that morning in the car, but it's still like, you know, you get nervous, you want to do a good job. And it's not like you remember every line for line or whatever. Um, and plus the lines are stupid. So it's like, you're not even trying to remember natural conversations, some, some, some goofy stuff. And, uh, <clears throat> I was only reading my lines too. So the idea is that like what the other person says, I wasn't even sure like when my next time to speak was, it was just <laughs> whatever it was rushed. It was unprofessional of me, but, um, but all in all, it's a little embarrassing. So, um, and, and you know what, at the end of the day, a waste of time, right? Time is a currency. Why, why say yes to an audition? Why go through the trouble of doing all this shit just to, just for it to not, you know, work out or, or to even be your best foot forward. So obviously I'm a little, a little embarrassed with myself and, uh, and frustrated, but I wish I'd had a little bit more time to, to prep properly instead of rushing around the city, only having a chance to change, not to shower. And, you know, like I said, put my best foot forward. So all that is to say, I wasted a lot of time for something that's not going to happen <laughs> on Wednesday morning. Then of course, back in the afternoon, got ready to, uh, I did some work in terms of tax prep. I did do a lot of cleaning and organizing for that. Cause my, in the few months it's been since I organized all my tax stuff, it's all gotten spread around my, my, my office and whatnot. So I had to put that back together. I announced you guys, the, uh, the wonderful DK winner, uh, my buddy, Peter, who, uh, who actually, uh, I have to send in the, uh, his address. I have to bug him for his address. Um, cause he's, he's picked which book he wants. So again, congratulations to, to Peter for winning the uh, big idea, simply explained contest from my partners at DK books. Um, and yeah, so after, after that day running around and doing work and stuff like that, I tapped the F out early. I don't remember what time I went to bed, but it was, it was an early night for me. I I've been very, very tired lately and God, I love naps. Do you guys love naps? Oh, right in the middle of the afternoon. Just be like, yeah, fuck it. I got a million things to do. It is time for an hour of sleep. Um, I wanted to do that today, but I got I had too many things to do. I laid down and I set the alarm and everything and just did not get an opportunity to fall asleep because an email would come in, a text would come in, keep me working on something, I have to get out of bed and do it on the computer. You know, that's not real. I know that some of you guys might think that this is real problem, not real problems or whatever. Oh, geez, you, you couldn't have a nap. I was actually out doing things. Ah, whatever. You're also more successful than me. Probably if you work at nine to five. All right. You live in a house full of fucking insane people. Huh? Goddamn orphanage for comedians. Um, so, so anyways, uh, Thursday, Thursday, Friday, all, all the days of the week, Ubering, Ubering in the morning, trying to make a, trying to make a goddamn living here. Thursday, I went to the gym with my friend, Peter, and, uh, that was good. I hadn't been to the gym in a while. It was great to get into the gym. Oh yeah. Wednesday night too. Uh, had another fucking pizza, right? Tuesday crushed a pizza. Wednesday crushed a pizza. Not, not, not doing well not doing well. Um, again, eating well in the mornings, I got to say, like I'm doing good in, in the day. I, I'm keep my fucking calories low and everything like that. And then, you know, start having a couple drinks and I'm hungry. Boom. What's fast and easy pizza. So just so you guys know, I have, uh, the scale numbers are not moving up because I'm still doing my other shit. I wish they were moving down. They're not. And, uh, and there is a happy ending for this week. Okay. I was a good bitch, right? Um, 
yeah, so I don't know. I went to the gym with my buddy Peter. I went to Costco, got a bunch of shit that I needed, more cleaning, organizing, tax work. You know, Friday I had a tasting, which was fun, actually. Like, I've actually, uh, on Friday, I spoke on my way to my tasting, which is in the middle of fucking nowhere. Um, I spoke with uh, a friend who is going to be taking over some of my social media stuff. So, um, I, I'm not the greatest at social media. I know that you need to post all the time. You need to post interesting stuff, but, uh, I, I just cannot, cannot do it enough. And I've got too many different things. So I'm like, you know what? I don't know what I'm doing. And as much as I can't really afford a social media person, oh, geez, just splashing stuff all over the place. Stand by. As much as I can't uh, afford a social media person, I'm like, you know what? If I'm not trying to constantly do it myself every day, post something and all these different ones, I got one for the podcast, one for my stand up, one for just myself personally. And this is like Facebook. Oh my God. This is my weekly event sesh. Thanks for being my, my therapists guys. You're just, you're like, you're listening to my problems, but I'm not there to like, look at your face and go, you don't give a fuck or, you know, to hear your advice. Cause you don't have time. You're in your car. You're on your way somewhere important. And you don't have time to stop and write an email and go, hey, man, by the time you get home, you got your own shit to deal with. So I get it, eh? What was this? Just us screaming at, screaming at each other and neither one of us can, can do anything about it. Anyways, I'm trying to, trying to move forward and say I'm, I'm still working on making a little chip away shit. Point is, is I'm, I've, I spoke to uh, a social media person, a good friend, about taking over that uh, sometime in the fall after the, the Los Angeles trip. So... We're going to chat. We're going to work on some, some projects together. She's going to be taking over the accounts and we're going to amalgamate everything down because I think having too many different accounts, uh, is, is overwhelming. I'm not sure what post should go, where should it go on Josh or the podcast or whatever it is. So we're going to crush them all down into one nice and easy one that everyone can follow and, uh, and we'll have content there daily as well as stuff that's giveaway and, and shit. And I can keep you guys, I basically have you guys more on board with the things as they're happening. And so it gives me less to talk about here. I don't have to, you know, bore you with stupid little stories, um, in those events. So I'm, I'm excited for that. Also during my tasting, uh, that day, Kamar's birthday, um, I was just, I was standing at the tasting. Nobody was there. So I'm looking at my phone, I'm checking out Instagram and Kamar's story was hysterical. He was up in the back porch, the TV's area, it's his birthday. He's like, I'm here drinking with my friends, pans around. There's no one there. Very funny. And he goes, there's no one here, you know, having a good time. So, or sorry, it's my birthday, there's no one here. So I'm going to do this. And he just holds up a mushroom and fucking eats it. <laughs> and he's just staring. The next shot is him staring at the camera. I, I can't remember exactly what he was doing. I think he's just like. You know, it's very, oh yeah, I think it was like a bad taste. I'm like, that's very this and that, da, da, da. And then the next shot is of him wearing a hat, sunglasses, and a big pink feather boa, <laughs> which was a great fucking God. I didn't even get to see the rest of them. I didn't even hear what he was saying in the video. I was laughing so fucking hard, but he was having a great time living the dream. I think him and Jason were back doing some shit that night. And I got to go to my buddy Mika's place, him and his lovely wife went there, visited them. We played some games, had some drinks. A night with drinking, I used to tease Jay all the time because he was drinking every single night. And now it seems like it's me. I'm the motherfucker who's drinking every night, you know, to, 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 to wash away the pain of life. Drinking Caesar like it's somehow good for me. Oh, it's tomatoes and vegetables. Good for you, right? Um, what else? I had a good time at me because as a matter of fact, um, we had a good time. We, here's a fun thing too. I wanted to, this is one of the talking points here that I wanted to, uh, 
share with you guys is uh, we were chatting about, I, I can't, I really can't remember how it brought it up. I, I really can't, but I remember Meek and I were talking, he was mentioning how like, you know, I'll, I'll talk about shit. Now we were also drinking too. So obviously like no, no hard feelings or anything like that, but we were, we were chatting and uh, you know, we got into a discussion. I think, fuck, I don't want to put words into his mouth, but it was something along the lines of like, I'll talk about shit on the podcast and I'm, and I'm uninformed at times a hundred percent. I'm the first to admit it. I don't always know what I'm talking about. And if I read something, Hey, I didn't write it. I'm just, I'm just relaying the information, but I was telling him one of the things I like about the podcast is the fact that if I say something and I, my stupid opinions, right. And I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I like the fact that because there's people listening and things like that, you guys are, Oh, I remember what it was. I'll, I'll tell you in a second, but I was saying, I like, I like the fact that you guys will write in and you'll point me in the direction of an article or a piece of information. Uh, I know, um, there was an article I read from a bathroom reader a long time ago and Mika sent me in a podcast, uh, yeah, a link to a podcast that talked in depth about that particular happening. That was, that was awesome. And it was so coincidental because the bathroom reader I chose to read that from was from like 15 years ago. And I just out of the blue happened to pick an article out of it. And he just listened to a podcast about that exact same subject. And it wasn't like, Hey, farming. It was like one particular dude's act of bravery back in the seventies or eighties. And again, I'm pulling that number of ass. I don't remember, but that was like, Holy shit. Like what are the odds? Right. You know, had I read that a year later, maybe it wouldn't have been a uh, fresh in the mind or, or a year or sooner. Right. You know, it's just a name and a, and a quick little part of the podcast regardless. So I remember what, what got it started was, um, when I was talking to you guys about the moose, um, and how they killed the moose in Ottawa. So, uh, my friend Vanessa called red and she, uh, she was saying like, she, she heard the podcast on the way home from work. She's like, holy shit. Is that ever sad? Want to sit over here and open up my wrists or whatever, listening to your podcast. And I was like, yeah, it's sad, but I, here's the thing. So saying how they killed the moose and I thought that was tragic. Well, here's what I didn't know. And none of the things that I had read or seen indicated this at all was that the moose's leg was broken. So when Vanessa called me, I, I had told her, well, apparently the leg was broken and there was nothing they could do. Um, but that was not what was illustrated to me at the time. Like, again, I watched a video moose wasn't moving or anything like that. And, and nothing in the write up said anything about it being injured. So I was just like, oh, there's a moose on the highway. It was there from this time to this time. And authorities had to, to kill it, you know, had to euthanize, not euthanize it, but, uh, another, another, you know, not, they didn't say neutralize either, but, uh, anyways, the long story short is I didn't get any piece of information that was injured, but later the next day. After the, you know, I did the podcast, I, Kamar came home and he's like, yeah, dude, the, the thing's leg was broken. They had to kill it. I go, oh, well that makes a lot more sense. I'm up for mercy killing. Right. But the thing was, so when Mika and I were talking about it, he, I was, he, I guess Mika was under the impression that I knew its leg was broken. I was still like, why do you have to kill it? Like they're going to fucking do, you know, roadside fucking bone setting CPR to a goddamn moose. Right. So I just thought it was interesting how like, you know, I'll say something in the podcast, but it's based on the information that I have. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what I wasn't a, I wasn't there. I've always been a big advocate of if you're not there, then what the fuck do you know? You know, but based on the information I was given. So I, I thought they killed a perfectly healthy moose, uh, and it turned out it was injured. So, um, what I wanted to say is I really like the fact that when I'm here running my mouth, um, that you, a, you guys are listening as always, I'm grateful for it. And, uh, I like the fact that if I don't, you know, if I'm missing a piece of information or I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about that, uh, you know, you guys will hold my feet to the fire a little bit and, and send me in something that helps. I appreciate that. Certainly makes me feel better. Again, I, I thought it was fucking tragic about the moose. Didn't realize that, you know, again, that's a, that one little piece of information goes from, 
oh, they just killed a moose for no reason to, oh, they had no choice, right? So, uh, you know, a lot more uh, comfort and closure comes from it that way. So anyways, I just wanted to get a little hats off to all of you guys who've, who've listened to me say something and go, well, actually here's a piece. <laughs> hey, thanks. You know, I appreciate the extra information. That's why I read the bathroom readers. I like getting pieces of information about shit that I didn't know. And, uh, you know, carrying it forward into conversations later, you know, and then someone else tags it on with a, with more information. Ah, ah, the information boners between all of us grow. Right. So, uh, it was at a good time to make his place and, uh, crash there the next, uh, why'd you crash there, Josh? Cause I was drinking. Um, <laughs> but, uh, the next morning, uh, Mika's lovely wife, uh, left with the kiddo. They were going to go visit some family members. And then, uh, Mika had the place to himself. I had, uh, you know, a bunch of stuff he was going to do, but him and I just sort of shot the shit for a little bit. It's kind of cool. You know, had, uh, had breakfast, had uh, a cup of coffee there. Um, and, uh, you know, we shot a bow and arrow. Mika's got a, a bow and arrow that he got for his birthday a while back. Sorry if that's super secret. I apologize. You can give me shit later. I won't edit it out. That information's out there now. Um, but just like, a, I, I don't know what to call it. It's not like a, one of those crazy, like I'm gonna go out and hunt me some dinner bow and arrow. I think it's just more of like the, like a practice. It's a, it's professional, it's quality, but it's, uh, but it's more for just like shooting. You're just shooting a target, you know, in the, in the backyard. It was fun. I was garbage at it. I've never, never done that before with a proper bow, right? Everyone's tied a string between a shitty piece of wood, you know, your backyard and think that it's going to be enough. But this, uh, this thing was kind of cool. I was garbage. We just didn't went around because he had to get to work and, uh, we just shoot the ship. We were talking about all the same stuff I talk about with you guys, how I don't know shit about cars. Wouldn't know how to fix a motor or an engine, but you know, he's got a nice little piece of property and we were talking about, you know, mowing the lawn there and, you know, buying a riding mower. Cause there's no way you could fucking hand push his entire property. It would take you the whole goddamn day to do, but you know, just, you know what it was? It was just me hanging out with one of my best friends in the whole world. You know, just shooting the shit. I don't, I don't get to see it's, it's so funny and it's, it's been years, right? I mean, I'm 35 years old. We used to hang out every day when we were 15. That's more than half my life ago that, you know, when we were, we were kids hanging out all the time, you know, you get older people, uh, people get busy with life, right? Life takes you away from shit. I hope that all of you guys still have those close friends that you get a chance to see and connect with. I, I like that. I get to see him and in, in Melmore. And my buddy, Jimmy and his lovely wife, Alex, I spoke to them the other night, just via FaceTime real quick. And they too were like, you know what? Let's get together again soon. Because what can I say guys? When I'm around, it's a ray of sunshine. (laughs) I miss my friends and it's, it's, you know what? It's, it's nice to know that they miss me too. Um, and I do, I do really enjoy spending the time with them. You know what I mean? All the, all the glitz and glamor of the stand-up profession. It's nice to just slow things down with the people you care about. Get back to something a little more real. Um, I don't even know if that's an impression of anything or just what I imagine a smarmy moron to be. Oh, what else do I want to talk about? Oh, Saturday night. I think on, on Saturday during the day, I, uh, took the opportunity to run some errands with the, uh, the mother because she is, uh, we usually do our thing on Sunday as you guys hear all the time, but, uh, I had to, uh, I had a tasting on Sunday. And so I, I figured we'd do those, do them on, um, Saturday, get the shit done. And on Saturday night I had a reception for my good friend, Brenda McKeegan, his lovely wife, Jade, they got married in Mexico not long ago and they had the reception back here to, uh, you know, for all the people who couldn't make it. And so, uh, 
just did some basic errands. I'm trying to get my mom into wine. My mom, my mom works hard and, and she, you know, I think it's cool for her. <laughs> just the realization. It's like, wow, you're drinking more. And now you're trying to get other people to drink more. Basically like a, like a drink pusher, a drink dealer. <laughs> That's what I am. A drink dealer. But uh, no, no, I've just been doing a lot of tastings and stuff like that. And she's been, when she comes over, she's like, I, I'll offer a drink. I've been getting a drink, this sangria that I've been making. Jesus. And, uh, see, that's why I need a nap in the afternoon. So I'm not yawning at you guys, but, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, you know what? I forgot to turn fucking at any moment. Now you guys could get a doodle ding from me, from me iPad. Anyways. Yeah. She's been drinking the sangria and stuff like that. And I just figured, you know what, mom, you might like a nice glass of wine every now and again, you know, my parents live together. And uh, they're divorced. Have been since I was a kid. I think I've talked about that many times. But just for context, or anyone else, my parents lived here. But my dad drinks like beer and stuff like that. Not often, but he drinks beer. He's not a big wine fan. But every time my mom brings something home, you know, things things that my mom brings home that are delicious tend to uh, not be there when she wants them. So, um, I know that my, I don't think my dad's into wine. So it's like, hey, you know, drink some. I don't need to tell you guys why the fuck I took my mom to the LCBO and was like, yeah, let's get you some wine. So we got a couple bottles of wine and then I went to the reception of which I had a good time again. It's a strange thing. Oh, fuck. Sorry guys. And again, some of you might be on your way to work, try struggling to stay awake yourselves. I apologize for contributing yawns, but I went to my buddy Brendan's uh, reception, which is very nice. They did it at a, at a hotel here in the city. It was great to see it. Like, again, we're, we're both comedians. Uh, got to see a lot of other comics, a lot of guys coming from Toronto and stuff like that to, to be there for the reception. So it was great, great opportunity for a lot of people to, you know, old friends and stuff to hang out groovy. And they had some announcements and, uh, and I'll tell you, so I don't want to take anything from them. I'm trying to move this thing along. So I'd like, you know, I don't want to just blanket sweep something of theirs and then just, you know, go, Oh, okay. And then getting away from it. You know, I, again, my avid listeners, I think you guys know I'm a pretty, pretty honest dude. I had a, a relatively, you know, I had a kind of a depressing, uh, evening there and it might've just come from, you know, sometimes you get a lot of things at you all at once. I've talked about it before, but, uh, you know, lately I've been doing better with writing the standup, but at the same time I am drinking, you know, a lot. You know, not more, but just a lot. I, I, I don't think I've gone a day in a long time without, without a drink. Sometimes I'll just have a drink, but I don't think I've gone a day without a drink in a while. Um, and I don't feel like I can't function without it. I'm not jonesing for it. I just enjoy having a drink. I do believe I can stop anytime, which I think is what alcoholics say, <sighs> but I am being honest about it. Um, in the sense that I just, I really do believe that, you know, if it's like, look, you can't, you can't have a drink today. Well, then I wouldn't have a drink, you know? but I enjoy it and I don't see any reason to stop at the moment. <laughs> Cry for help. No, um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm giving the information it's out there. Right. So if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, everyone knows where I was at fucking today. Right. So I will, I will say that the reception was good. It was beautiful. It was so lovely. Um, Brendan and Jade had lots of great news. Like I said, they just got married. They just bought a house. Brendan just uh, passed some. Now he's also a very successful comedian. I might add, writes tours all over the world, performing for the troops. He's he's performed at Just for Last Festival. Like Brendan is a very accomplished comedian. So he does that, and on top of that, married, just bought a house, um, just passed his real estate license uh, or course. So he's in, you know he's going to be able to in his spare time sell houses, and um, 
and yeah, and uh, they they have more more even more good news than that. Uh, again, because I don't know that it's my place to to say anything more. So the idea is at a great time with everybody, but it's um, starting to feel pressure. You know, guys, I'm starting to feel like, like, what have I got to show for my time on the planet? And I know you can't compare. I know that. I know that in my heart of hearts. But again, just, uh, and like I said, maybe it just came from the fact that I hung out with my, my buddy Mika, you know, uh, and his wife and his kid and, you know, at their place kind of thing. And, um, you know, I actually even had something happen today where I was like, holy shit, like another friend of mine just bought a house. Uh, and I'm like, Jesus. And they, they like, let's put it this way. They bought a house or a condo. I apologize, a condo. They bought a condo, but they've never even lived on their own before. They've just lived at home. And then they're like, ah, hey, you know, it's a, just buy, I bought a house. I'm like, fuck. So again, I'm happy for people. There's no sour grapes. I know what it's like to, to give someone good news and they just sit there with a front of their face. No sour grapes, no, no negative posturing or anything like that for me. But just in terms of my, my little, you know, public journal that I have here with you guys, um, saying that like, I'm, I'm, it's, it's hard and I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling very unaccomplished is the best way that I can phrase it. So again, I've been writing stand up more. I'm, I'm still doing very well in my own personal stuff. Oh, oh yeah. And crushed, uh, a pizza on Saturday night. And then I had five guys on Sunday. So I've had four meals that I've not had in a long time because they're not good for me. I definitely, um, was showing signs of, uh, depression or escapism or whatever last week. So. Um, I cut, I cut that shit in the butt on Sunday. I was like, okay, you had a fucking off the wagon week back on track. So, um, you know, Saturday, like I said, uh, I'm super, super happy for Brandon and Jade, beautiful couple, great news, uh, great news and more great news on the way. I truly wish them all the best, And I am happy for them. Like I said, it's just, uh, a couple of days of just, you know, um, you know, you can't help but superimpose yourself into other you know, positions and things and just go, ah, and compare. Right. So, um, long story short is just, I, I, I bit of a, I want to say a bit of a fire lit under me. Sometimes people say, they go, yeah, me too. And some people just sink. And I, and I gotta say, I did sink a bit. I did sink a bit, but, um, I, I can't, can't do that. Now. I also had some other good things happen this week too. Um, I may as well finish off the week and then I'll tell you guys about the other stuff. Okay. Um, I did my tasting on Sunday, nothing special. I had five guys on the way home and on my way, uh, when I got home, I was doing food prep. So like I said, I was on my way home and I'm like, you've had a fucking garbage week. And, uh, you know, the tasting was sort of early, but enough so that it was like four o'clock in the afternoon and I hadn't eaten yet. So yeah, on the way home, I got my, my, just a burger, no fries, just a burger at five guys. And maybe that's mild justification. All I'm saying is that when I go off the wagon, you know, if I get a pizza, I'm not like, yeah, and fucking crazy bread and dips and all i'm like nope just just, (laughs) it's it's still bad all right basically saying that like like i i shot up a fucking store but i didn't murder the the kid (laughs) you know what i mean i didn't kill any of the kids i'm just gonna let them live a lifetime of fucking horror because their parents were taken from them at an early age oh that's not funny um or is it do i have a dark side anyways um what the hell was I talking about? Yeah, I, I came home to do food prep on Sunday. So I, I ate a five guys burger, but then I came home and I, I did a very, I was a good bitch and I did uh chicken and uh, some rice, very small amounts of rice and broccoli and vegetables. And I got the whole week, the whole week, lunch and dinner made 
with my good bitch meals. And in fact, I had my first one today. Uh, yesterday was, uh, yesterday was a good day. Again, was a good bitch. I was actually way too busy yesterday to be able to eat poorly, but, um, I tried to Uber. It was a holiday. Okay. And, uh, on the fucking holiday, I Ubered in the morning, forgetting that most people wouldn't be there civic holiday, but it was still busy. And then, uh, instead of coming home and doing my taxes, I, uh, gave uh, my mom a call who was off, said she needed some stuff or actually said she would like to do some window shopping. And instead we spent the whole day driving around window shopping at a bunch of stores that, uh, that her and I like, like home sense and bed, bath and beyond. Um, in fact, we found uh, a new board game store, uh, uh, nerd festival over here, found a new board game store in uh, Barhaven. I think it's called toys on fire. Super cool place. Lots of stuff, very reasonable prices. So we picked up some new things there. We went to home sense and got a bunch of stuff. Uh, I bought some that home sense actually has a lot of like organic stuff. Now I got some, uh, you know, organic, I don't want to say organic, let's say natural toothpaste. Not that it's not organic. It's just natural toothpastes. I'm trying to do more things, more things natural. Um, yeah, I got uh, bed bath. We got a patio set, which thank God I have the car that I have because it was, would have been very, very difficult to bring all that shit back, uh, <laughs> you know, in a regular sedan. And, uh, yeah, what else? Costco went to the LCBO again. I got my, uh, there's some really cool coffee drinks that almost taste like an ice cap, just like a fizzy ice cap. And I think it's called crazy barista coffee fizz or whatever. Great drinks. Got a couple more bottles of wine and, uh, and then went back to my mom's place to build her patio furniture for her. And in Ottawa, it thunderstormed like a crazy motherfucker yesterday. But, uh, right as I got to her place, we're, tra- we're dragging the, uh, patio stuff out in the overcast, the lightning was starting everything, but I was like, no, there's no rain yet. I'm going to just work on this until the rain comes. And I swear to God, I got to the very, I built the table. I built one of the chairs. I built the giant bench, like padded bench and everything. And I got halfway through the very last chair before it actually started rain. But for the entire hour and some beforehand, it was thunder, lightning, everything. Just the sky hadn't opened up yet. So did that. And then of course, as soon as um, we still left like a lot of our purchases in the car cause I got re- to work right away on the patio set. And of course, as soon as, you know, the sky opened up, you know, now it's raining like crazy, like, and like crazy cats and dogs. So could not go in and out of the house to the car to get the, the stuff I would have got fucking soaked. Same with the, the stuff we got. So, uh, ended up sitting inside and I watched, uh, two Jim Jeffrey specials with my mom. Cause it just rained like, like a, like, yeah, like I said, like a motherfucker. And, uh, Jim Jeffries has two, uh, he has three specials on Netflix available right now. Uh, we watched free dumb F R E E D U M B. I've talked about it before and we watched, uh, this is me now. Um, both Jim Jeffries, G I M J E F F R I S specials. Uh, very, very good. Um, but I, I told my mom the other night to watch, um, a special and I tell you guys too, I've actually been telling a lot of people, um, I watched it. I think it took me two different days just watching it intermittently. Uh, here and there, but there's a special from a guy named Neil Brennan and, uh, Neil Brennan was the co-writer of half baked and he was the, you know, again, co-writer, you know, director, you know, partner with Dave Chappelle on the Chappelle show. So Neil Brennan has written with like a lot of comics and he's very, very accomplished, uh, dude, but he's been doing stand up for a while. Um, and he has a special on Netflix called three mics, like three microphones, three mics, and, um, I'd never heard of the special, but I was watching comedians in cars getting coffee with Jerry Seinfeld and, and Neil Brennan was one of the guys he took, you know, on, uh, on a trip. And so 
was watching their episode. They rec- referenced this three mics thing, and I figured I'd check it out. And because uh, Seinfeld was giving them high praise for it, and I'll be honest, I've heard other Neil Brennan specials and albums and stuff, and they're very, very funny. Like I've heard Neil Brennan absolutely crush it. Um, the the format of the three mics special that he did was like there's three microphones set up on stage, and one of them he does one liners into, uh, the other one he does like sort of like regular jokes, and then the other one he does. Uh, like, uh, stories and the jokes and the one-liners are okay. They're not horrible. They're not amazing, you know, but for some reason, the stories that he told were like very personal stuff. They were told there were stories about him battling uh, his depression. And despite the fact that he had lots of success and accolades and everything like that, um, he was still very depressed. Um, he talks about relationships that he's had that have failed. Um, he talks about fear and the, the fear of not fear of success necessarily, but just his fears in the business, um, and, and trying to move forward and, and blah, blah, blah. So all I can say is it was really interesting to listen to it. Very relatable. I'm sure it's fears that we can all do. It was super, super relatable to me. Um, but I just thought I'd, uh, I'd definitely give that one a plug. Neil Brennan. Uh, three mics. If you type in three mics to Netflix, it'll come up, but it, it was incredibly fascinating. Like I said, the jokes are okay. You know, if you're watching guys, if you're watching it and you're five minutes and you're going, well, this isn't very funny. Listen, I'm telling you just, just get to the stories that he tells. Like the stories he tells are so, so unbelievably vulnerable and, and honest that I, I was floored by it. I was floored by it. I was like, holy fuck. Like I've been trying to be more honest and vulnerable in my standup and, uh, and just watching that. I'm like, well, fuck this guy's got on a goddamn Netflix special. And he's talking about how like his parents, how he believes his dad never loved him. Um, and not like in a bitchy way, like just here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't believe my father ever loved me. This happened in our lives. And da-da. the stories are well told. Like he doesn't just brush over things. Let's put it this way. He's a lot better at telling a story than I am. But, um, uh, I would definitely say check out Neil Brennan's three mics. Um, I liked it and I, and I recommended it to, to lots of people this week. Um, so yeah, there's my week in review, uh, sitting on the porch, drinking, going to my friend's house and drinking, drinking at a wedding reception, drinking while I was waiting for the rain to stop, uh, taking other people to get some drinks. <laughs> and, uh, I, it sounds so much worse. So I, uh, I also wanted to say, Hey, guess who hasn't called me in the entire fucking week? Uh, since I, uh, since I called them more than a week, uh, big brothers and big sisters, BBBS, that's b- 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 bullshit. Can you imagine that? I'm trying to help, I'm trying to help people and they won't even return my call. So like, if you ever wonder why charities and people, you know, you give and 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 why nothing ever comes back. Um, cause they got the wrong people running charities. All right. And that's me being a little bit upset because of the fact that, you know, I really did genuinely want to offer. I feel like I have not enough time as it is. And I wanted to actually give it to some kid who might need it. And you know what? It's not the kids who need the help that are answering the phones and calling people back. It's people, I don't fucking know. I, I, it's people who, who aren't doing as good a job as they should. I can tell you that much right now. And if I'm out of line, let me know. But I'm pretty sure I didn't go, hey, Google me. I'm a comedian. Like, I didn't tell them any of that shit. I just said, hey, I'd like to, I'd like to help out. I'd like to learn. I said, I'd like to learn more about the, the, the process, right? So I think that in and of itself is enough to be like, you know, Ah, uh, whatever. I don't care. I'm, uh, I'm disappointed. I will try calling them again, but I will let them, you know, I'm going to give them a piece of my goddamn mind. Will I? It's a good way for them to not pick you at all. You know, I called you guys once and you never called me back. Like, you know, fuck you. 
<laughs> it's not a piece of that is a piece of your mind, but it's not anything productive. Just like to be like, hey, you know, trying to fucking help you out here, and you know, I just don't even give a shit, you know, to call people back. Whatever. I'm over it. You guys want to hear the the lines from the audition that I had to do? I was auditioning for the part of Ernie. This was the thing I thought was stupid. This is Ernie, the cab driver in uh, Vermont. So I'm going to read you guys the, the the sides, as we call them, exactly how it stands. So uh, it's an external Glastonbury train depot during the day. The small town train station is surrounded by thick pine tree woods. It's snowing, a perfect Vermont winter scene. Claire steps out, surprised to see no other tourists. She drinks in the scenery and the fresh air. This is heaven. A cab driver, Ernie, 40s, energetic, is waiting out front. I don't know how he's energetically waiting up front. He's like, <laughs> it doesn't say if he's in the car or not, too. So when I was doing the audition, I was in the car. I figured he'd be standing outside the car like your typical cab driver waiting for someone to arrive at a train station or something. So um, he jumps at the chance to have a customer, Ernie. I'm Ernie. You headed into town? Claire. The Fortenberry Airbnb. She sees that the inside of his cab is decorated with Christmas ornaments and garland. She smiles. Perfect. Claire. Ernie. Like in It's a Wonderful Life? Ernie. <laughs> I'm sorry. Claire says, Ernie? Like in It's a Wonderful Life? Ernie says, I'm not sure that's what my ma had in mind, but she sure loved the movie. Come on. Your magic carpet awaits. Internal. See, it's an external before now. It's internal, but they had me do it like I was in the car the whole time. Anyways. Um... Ernie's cab, day, moving. As Ernie drives, Claire looks at the window in wonder. They pass scenic vistas of forests and valleys beyond. Ernie. So, you here visiting friends? Claire. I'm taking a break from work. I couldn't think of a better place to escape to. They come to a large, hand-painted, faded sign. Welcome to Glastonbury. Claire. Ernie, could you slow down for a moment? Thanks. The sign features a Christmas sleigh with the caption below. Uh, Venice has gondolas. Glastonbury has sleighs. Let us take you on the ride of your life for Christmas. That's stupid. Ernie. Personally, I think the old girl could use a new coat of paint. Claire. I like it just the way it is. She whips out her phone, shoots a picture of it and posts, or shoots a picture and posts it. Uh, caption day one going on the ride of my life. Lame. Claire. I noticed the train station was pretty empty. Hasn't the Christmas festival started yet? Ernie. Didn't the Fortenberry tell you? They make a dramatic turn and the forest opens up to reveal Main Street Glastonbury. Rows of Victorian storefronts line the street, but none are decorated for Christmas. The sidewalks are empty. There are few shoppers. Not a sleigh in sight. The gazebo has a Charlie Brown Christmas tree that's not even decorated, and it's crooked. Claire. Tell me what? Ernie. The Christmas festival's canceled this year. Claire. No, that's impossible. There are supposed to be Christmas windows. <laughs> More. Claire can use sleigh rides. What about the luminaries? Cancelled, cancelled, cancelled. We had a flood come through here in the early fall. Wiped out all the businesses in the upper village. Thankfully, Main Street was spared. Claire, that's terrible. I'm so sorry. Ernie, I grew up here and I've never seen anything like it. It's really killed our tourist trade. A lot of the merchants decided not to celebrate this year. Claire looks out the window at the grim scene. Ernie, how long did you say you were staying? Exterior, Fortenberry Books during the day. Ernie pulls up to the quaint stone building with a wraparound porch and large display windows. A sign over the door reads, Fortenberry's Books since 1906. It's identical to the painting her mother did 25 years ago. Claire's spirits are instantly lifted. Claire, this is lovely. Ernie, Fortenberry's an institution. Been here longer than I can remember. Can I take your bags inside? Claire, no, I'm good, but thanks, Ernie. Please come by and visit. I don't know anybody here. Ernie, I have a feeling you'll make a lot of friends real fast. She gives him a generous tip. He smiles broadly. 
Ernie continued, you must be from New York. Claire, how can you tell? Ernie, nobody around here tips like that. Thanks. Merry Christmas. So give me one second. I have to go tell Jason to shut the fuck up. Because that's all I can hear right now in the hall. Again, you guys probably can't hear it at all, but trying to read through that with him out there is crazy. And uh, and then we're going to go over what I think is stupid about that script. All right. So it just said a little Mark 1 on the thing. I hope it didn't happen uh, enough to fucking mix these things together. Sorry, not trying to swear at you guys. Uh, man, am I ever easily distracted. All right. So this these, these lines here. Let's go over a few things. For starters, a 40-year-old cab driver in Vermont, okay? I don't know if you guys know this, but Vermont, Vermont is a very upscale, uh, upscale state. Um, this guy's name is Ernie, not to be, you know, confused with Bernie, as in Bernie Sanders, the uh, senator of Vermont. That's a really far stretch for them. And I, I think it's very funny that they're in a, uh, a small town and he chooses to say, come on, your magic carpet awaits. Right, magic carpets being more of a Middle Eastern thing, and of course those are never associated with cabs. That's a little bit of a this Ernie guy. Has he got a subliminal, you know, racism towards cab drivers? I mean, he even even he is one, and he's kind of like again. This girl's from New York, right? She's from New York. We learned that throughout the script, but uh, somehow she chooses to <laughs> get in a cab that's decorated inside. This guy's the only cab driver there. No one's around town. He's got his cab all decorated with Christmas on the inside, even though everything's been canceled, which you'd think would, would set off false hopes for someone who definitely showed up for the Christmas festival. You know, at the same time, you're like, oh, well, maybe it's just a nice guy. Sure. But it's Vermont. All right. Vermont. I drive Uber. You'd think this is the role I was born to play. For starters, the more well-off someone is, Vermont's a very wealthy state, but the more well-off someone is, the less likely they are to talk to the cab driver. They usually have this sense of, you know, I, I, people, when they're, when I pick people up in nice neighborhoods, they put their fucking earbuds in right away or they get right to their phones. Like there's, there's usually, you know, uh, uh, predominantly no conversation from them. They don't want to associate with the help. You know what I'm saying? So the fact that she's, oh, Ernie, blah, blah, blah. I think that some of the dialogue is, is really stupid. Like it's funny. It's a flood. And the flood wiped out the upper village, not the lower village. The upper village was wiped out by the flood. Smart writing. And, uh, on top of all that, this woman, when she gets to her destination says, please come by and visit. I don't know anyone here. So the potentially the, the 40 year old unsuccessful Vermont cab driver, this woman from New York where cab drivers are crazy. Her, her instinct in a town where she doesn't know anyone is to invite the cab driver to come visit her. Oh man, I can't wait for this movie to come out. It makes a lot of sense. Chatty McGee woman. And then, wow, you must be from New York. No one around here tips like that. That's the only thing that they got right is the fact that this Vermont, an, up, uh, an upper you know income area doesn't tip. Usually very well-off people are the, the, the least kind and the least tippy I find. So, uh, you know, rich get richer scenario in the sense that usually just, I just find it's the middle class that usually takes care of people the, the best, you know, go to a hockey game, sit in the 300 level. That's where the real fans are the best vibes. So I just think it's, I don't know. I thought, I thought the whole thing, it was really hard for me to actually focus on memorizing these fucking lines when I was 
deconstructing how stupid all of it was at the same time. They're in, it's all talking about sleigh rides and everything like that. And instead of going like, oh, come on, your sleigh ride awaits, you know, oh, come on, your magic carpet away, your magic carpet, your fucking car, ugh. you know, and I didn't say any of this. If you're like, well, Josh, you didn't get the parkers, you probably shit on their stuff. Eh, fair enough. But I didn't do it in front of them. You know, I did not tease them. <laughs> Whatever. Come on. Next role made for TV movie. Yeah. No shit with writing like that. <laughs> All right. Well, without further ado, guys, um, what do we do now? Hey, where's my, my screen here? Did I back out of it? Oh, I must have. That's why I don't have my sound effects in front of me. Well, this is a real fucking half-assed episode of my part. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for my partners at portablepress.com. Uncle John's bathroom. See, that's what happens when I don't get my, li my little nap. You know, I, I'm, I'm not as bright. Uh, not to say that I ever really was. And, uh, there's lots of times where I don't nap and I don't do this poorly, but I, uh, you know, I, I just, there's so many things to do in the day, guys, you don't have enough time to do it. And, uh, who, which of us have thought, you know, what we're all spend all this time sleeping, man. If I could have all those hours back that I spend sleeping, you know, maybe I'd be able to be more productive. You know, some people say I get more sleep and be more productive. Yeah, maybe, but those are a lot of hours that, you know, eight hours a day sleeping. Wouldn't it be great if you just didn't need to sleep, which begs the question, why do we sleep? Right? Why do we have to sleep? Well, that's going to be the uh, question that I, I read the answer to for you guys today because I'm reading from the edition Do Geese Get Goosebumps and more than 199 perplexing questions and astonishing answers. The question that we're asking today is why do we sleep? The answer, on the surface, it seems like a great blunder of evolution to require a living thing to fall into an unconscious, paralyzed, defenseless state for several hours every single day. So what gives? The function of sleep is still not completely understood by science. One thing is certain, all creatures, great and small, have to endure a period of rest every day, including mammals, fish, birds, reptiles, and insects. Basically anything with a central nervous system. And many flora, sorry, and many flora and microbes, which lack a central nervous system, also exhibit circadian rhythms, a 24-hour biological cycle that responds primarily to light and darkness in the environment. But that doesn't necessarily mean that plants sleep. With humans, it works like this. Our circadian cycle kicks in when sunlight enters our eyes in the morning. Brain cells that control melatonin levels, a hormone that anticipates the daily onset of darkness, are turned on. When the day ends, melatonin production increases, making you drowsy. Uh, what was it? Melatonin and what was the other one? Oh, yeah, they're both melatonin. Okay. Uh, then you sleep until morning and the cycle starts over again. Uh, this diurnal, diurnal, D-I-U-R-N-A-L, diurnal behavior goes back to the time when our ancestors lived in caves. Retreating into safe shelters every night not only kept early humans safe, but it gave their brains and bodies an opportunity to rest and recharge and for injuries to heal. To find out why our bodies need sleep, researchers look at what happens when we go without it. Sleep deprivation experiments have revealed that people who are denied a good night's rest have more trouble doing well everything. Their memory is compromised, they're more irritable, and their health begins to suffer. Go without sleep long enough, and you'll suffer from hallucinations and, in rare cases, death. In one experiment, researchers placed several rats into a maze, and they had to figure out how to navigate it. Sorry, how to navigate it. Uh, the rats, not the researchers. Then the rats were put to bed. 
That night, the researchers let half of the rats have an undisturbed night of sleep. The other group had their sleep interrupted several times. The next morning, the sleep-deprived rats performed even worse inside the maze than the night before. And the other group not only navigated the maze successfully, but some actually did it faster than the previous night. So that means that sleep, in addition to help retain, sorry, in addition to helping retain memory, also helps you hone new skills. In fact, if you're a student and you have a big test in the morning, don't stay up all night cramming. Instead, review your notes once and then get a good night's sleep so your brain will be a better task taker. And that, my friends, is PortablePress.com's Do Geese Get Goosebumps and More Than 199 Perplexing Questions with Astonishing Answers? The question that I read was, why do we have to sleep? And uh, what else can I tell you? I got my, my partners at Absolute Comedy, right? Thought I'd let you guys know again that I'm hosting at Absolute Comedy starting next Tuesday. So uh, Tuesday, tr- uh, what the fuck month are we? August 14th to the 19th. I will be in Toronto. I leave Tuesday to head there. So, uh, you know, if any of my Toronto friends, any of my London, Ontario friends, any of my Kingston friends, if you guys want to come out and see me there, I would love to have you reach out to me and let me know if you're coming. I'll get you some, uh, I'll get you some free tickets to come see a show. You know, that would be nice. I'd love to have you guys there. If my, some of my friends want to make the two hour drive from London, I know that that's a, a bit of an undertaking, but if you guys can make it, uh, I'll see you, you know, I'll see you. We'll spend some time, hang out, hang out during the day. If you got time, right. We'll, uh, you know, have some lunch, preferably healthy lunch. I'm going to be, be Costco, Costcoing it up, get my, my produce and everything like that. Try to have a healthy lunch while I'm there, which will lead me to my next thing. But, uh, absolute comedy in Toronto, the 14th, the 19th, but of course, always good shows at Absolute Comedy. Check out absolutecomedy.ca. Absolute Comedy is the best live stand-up comedy from across North America with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. These comedians have been featured on Just for Laughs, Netflix, Comedy Central, CBC's The Debaters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Conan, The Comedy Network, and much, much more. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to see this week's lineup. Planning a night out is easy with dinner and show packages available at all locations. Live comedy is a great choice if you're organizing a celebration, fundraiser, company outing, or corporate event. Want the show brought to you? They'll send comedians to your venue with performances tailored to your event, creating a night of laughs your guests will love and won't soon forget. So for showtimes, ticket prices, gift certificates, special shows, and more, head to absolutecomedy.ca. Again, that's absolutecomedy.ca for the best live stand-up comedy from across North America. The sun gives life to the orchard. The orchard gives life to the apple. The apple gives life to Summersby. Summersby is a delicious sweet taste of sunshine imported across the ocean all the way from Denmark. The people in Denmark are smarter, and so are you if you drink Summersby. (laughs) With flavors like apple, blackberry, pear, elderflower lime, red rhubarb, and a taste as regal as this fake accent, there's something for everyone to enjoy. And now you can try them all in the Summersby Mixer Pack, available wherever fine beverages are sold. So go on and try for yourself the crisp, refreshing taste of Summersby. Ah, your taste buds deserve it. Please drink resplendently. And who else do I have? Who else 
I got my partners at DK. Dorling Kindersley, guys. Uh, this week I read two books, as a matter of fact. Uh, makes it easier when they are of this nature. Um, I read uh, two books about meals and meal preparation because, again, having had such an off the wagon fucking week, I was like, I gotta, I gotta get back into it. I gotta get back into it a good way. So I got two books here. I have low carb on the go and I have vegan on the go. Two great books because, again, as I'm uh, bleeding heart, bitching and whining about the poor animals while still eating, uh, you know, five guys burgers and getting an erection from how delicious that tasty meat is, you know, uh, some hypocrisy there. So. You know, I'm trying to get the, the carbs cut down because I don't need as many carbs as you take in. However, your brain does need carbs, and I learned that from this book. Um, speaking of the brain and absorbing things and memory-wise, you cannot, like the, the keto diet where it's like, no carbs. You got you to gotta have some carbs. You got you to have some carbs. Your brain your brain cannot burn fat. It needs it needs sugars. So, um, you know, you got you to gotta give your brain some fucking carbohydrates. Um, anyways, the point is I've read a, a great book, Low Carb on the Go. And this book was outstanding, available, of course, DK, and I'm going to put the links in the, the social media stuff that I always post. But uh, Low Carb on the Go was really cool because the first section really breaks down carbohydrates, how they work, how they work for the body, um, you know, everything from a monosaccharide, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but a monosaccharide, di uh, disaccharides, uh, oligosaccharides and polysaccharides, which are like the different kinds of like simple sugars, double sugars, complex sugars that's got all the different things in, in there. And of course, if the more complex a sugar is, the longer it takes for your body to break it down, making it thus work for harder and burn more energy. And at the same time, it's slower releasing the energy to your body. So it can use, so you don't crash as much. And explains how your body metabolizes things over the course of the day and where it needs these energies and stuff like this. So, so cool. Again, it's a book that's basically a bunch of different meals and foods and things like that, that you can make on the go. So not, not only is it, Hey, there's a bunch of like, a, it's like, it's essentially a low carb cookbook, but for people in a hurry like myself. So you're trying to eat better, but you're like, well, I'm on the road and I don't have, you know, two hours to make meal prep for the whole week, or I don't want to get stuck, stuck with the same meal every single day for the week and bore the shit out of myself. Like that's the issue with my mother. I'm trying to get her to do meal prep. And she's like, well, I just get bored eating the same thing every day. And while I might add, you know, I get bored with it. I'll do something different the next week. But the fact of the matter is like, it's way better for me to do what I'm doing. So I, uh, anyways, this, this book is outstanding in terms of just the way it describes, like, again, I like the fact that DK stuff doesn't just go, Hey, here's a cookbook. Hey, my name's Sally. And, uh, you know, I've been a nutritionist and blah, 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 for a while. And, uh, you know, and, uh, I really hope you enjoy these, uh, you know, recipes and, uh, you know, uh, enjoy taking the liberties of making some little, some fun little, uh, you know, tweaks and things yourself, you know, some little substitutions, uh, you know, and, and, and here's my book, you know, like, and it's just bullshit. Like, like I mean, it's not to say that the recipes are bad or anything, but I just find that they don't really go into anything, you know, they just go, ah, here's my recipe book. Thanks so much. Recipes. Yay. You know, I find that they're more story oriented. Like, you know, when I was that little girl, I didn't, I didn't, the only things I enjoyed were comfort foods. And with this book, I wanted to share all the comfort foods that I have. So I really appreciate you taking the time to read it. And I hope you enjoy blah, 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 blah. Point that I'm making is DK's books, they start off with, hey, so you picked up this book on low carbs. So why are you interested in low carbs? Here's what low, here's what carbohydrates are. Here's why you would want to have lower ones. Here's when you want to have, you know, your, these kind of sugars and that kind of sugar. It gives you information. You actually get to learn something from it. So 
there's a, there's even a, a low carb exchange where it's telling you stuff like, um, you know, don't eat this, eat this in graphs. Cause again, it's a DK book, right? So lots of nice visuals. Um, but it'll say like, instead of reading French fries, eat oven baked sweet potato or zucchini. You know what I mean? Instead of having wraps, eat lettuce leaves, spinach wraps, or omelets, you know, it's, instead of soft drinks, it's like water with fresh fruit. You know, not all of them are night and day. Um, what do you call it? Uh, substitutions, but it's here. It's like, uh, it's like cakes and cookies. It says cakes and cookies made from low carb flours and nuts, you know, instead of, uh, <laughs> now this one made me laugh out loud when I read it. It's like, a, don't eat latte and macchiatos eat coffee without milk. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I get it. I get that there's carbs and shit. It's just funny, but even there's alternatives to sugar. Don't eat sugar, eat coconut sugar, honey, agave syrup, low calorie sweetener, such as stevia. So the whole first section is great. It even, it even actually goes through the trouble of telling you the different kinds of equipment that you should use in order to bring your foods on the goes, you know, to, to not use plastic because plastic can leach chemicals. Same things with, um, aluminum foil. I don't know if you guys know this, but acidic foods in particular can cause the aluminum to leach rapidly from the foil. So, um, just little things like that. I, I liked learning all that, that stuff in advance. It even actually teaches you how to properly layer a jar. So instead of just, Hey, make this jar, here's what they are. Like you see the picture, right? Sometimes. And, and I don't know if you guys are, you know, would look at it and go, well, I got to make sure I layer it and say, well, you go, okay, those are all the things I'm going to put all those things in there. It actually tells you how to layer the jar so that certain things don't leach into other things, right? Making things soft or soggy. So, I mean, again, some of that shit goes without saying, and some of that stuff goes without saying for me too. But, uh, there's just a lot of really wicked, low calorie, uh, low carb, uh, I shouldn't say low calorie. It is low calorie, but it's low carbohydrates, right? So one of the recipes I wanted to share with you guys, just an example, because I mean, it's just a recipe book, but there's a wicked thing. If you're looking to lower your carbs, it's going to help you lose weight because you're not, you're not overdoing with your body. Once your body runs out of carbs, it's going to go to the fat, right? It's going to start burning off the fat. So this one I thought was really cool sounding. It's just a morning smoothie. It's a chocolate smoothie with avocado. So here's a freebie for you guys. Now, every one of these tells you right at the top of the page, an icon of what you need. So in, in terms of travel, so this one's just a jar. Some of them will have like the, the containers and the jars and it'll tell you need a kettle to maybe reheat it at work or set something up. So it's cool that you can just flip through it at a glance and have a quick look and see everything that you need. And if it's too much shit to bring on a day, if you know you can't do it, then don't do it. This one, nice and easy, mason jar. Just make it and put it in a mason jar. Uh, so the recipe calls for half an avocado pitted, seven fluid ounces, 200 milliliters of almond milk, one ounce of, uh, or 30 grams of banana frozen if desired, two tablespoons of raw cocoa powder, two tablespoons of agave syrup and cocoa nibs that are optional. So scoop out the flesh from the avocado and place it in a food processor with the almond milk, banana, cocoa, and agave syrup. Blend until smooth. If necessary, add a little water to obtain the desired consistency. Pour the smoothie into a jar and seal. Store in the refrigerator until ready to drink. At work? So that's another thing too. It'll tell you what to do at home and then it'll tell you the at work section. So at work, garnish the smoothie with co cocoa nibs if desired. Right. And so at the bottom of the page, each one of them has a chart that says at home, at work, serves the calories, the proteins, the carbs, and the fat. So for that one right there, it takes five minutes at home. At work is one minute. And that's assuming that you add the cocoa nibs. It serves one. The calorie count of that is 317 calories. So for a meal, that's actually less than the regular amount you're supposed to have. Um, seven grams of protein, 14 grams of carbs, and 20 grams of fat. And of course, that fat is from avocado, which is the good kind of fat. So there's the, uh, the low carb on the go guys, just this quick little review and a huge thumb up from me as always just a, just one thumb. Yep. 
because the other thumb was holding the book open. Then the other one I got is vegan on the go. So same thing with vegan on the go. This one here just, it, it doesn't so much go into the whole, there's no preachiness about why you shouldn't eat meat or anything like that. It's just the idea that if you want to eat vegan, here's how you do it. And they, the introduction goes into how more and more places are starting to give you vegan options, but the, the more the, the longer term vegetarians tend to make more stuff at home because a, it's just che cheaper and uh, you have more control over what goes in it because even though something can be vegan, they could still have some processed stuff in it. So again, this has a section on what to get to pack things properly. Now, these recipes are not as focused on low carbohydrates. So it's not like, you know, the, the low carb book uh, and this one go hand in hand identically. If your goal is to lower your carbs, go with the low carb book. All right, because the low carb book does have vegan, vegetarian, and meat options in there. Um, but the idea is it is a very, very health conscious book in that, you know, everything that they're suggesting is, you know, mostly organic and, and do it yourself stuff. Now the vegan uh, book um, does not have low carbs in mind. All right. So some of these recipes call for the exact opposite of what the low carb book would call for. So again, depending on your goals, um, I'm going to be using both of these books. I'd like to eat more vegan meals. And, um, the, the main thing I would say is just in contrast with the two books is, uh, go with, uh, you know, whatever your goal is, look at, at, at all the information, both first and just see, okay, well, if I'm going to do a vegan one, oh, is this a low carb vegan meal? If low carb is your goal. Um, what's really cool is, uh, this vegan book here too, gives you a whole big section on when you're in a hurry and you're out and about what to look for. So even though that this is vegan on the go in terms of recipes to make at home, um, it's got a really cool section just on vegan food in the restaurants. And, and if you're going to an Italian restaurant, Chinese restaurant, Indian, uh, fast foods, you know, modern American foods or Mexican restaurants, just what they have. So just as a small example, like, um, I already read the, uh, the other ones earlier, but just for fun, let's do modern American food. So the biggest challenge often comes at traditional American restaurants. Vegetable dishes are nearly always available, but make sure that the vegetables have not been tossed in butter. You can also order salads with vinaigrettes made from oil and vinegar. Otherwise, the best thing is to call the restaurant in advance and explicitly ask for vegan food. Uh, now here it says demand influences supply. What? Vegan food demand influences supply. And the more often vegan dishes. Oh, demand influences supply. Okay. In, in and of itself. And the more often vegan dishes are requested, the sooner restaurants will begin to adjust. So yeah. And they said the same thing about Italian, right? Cause they're saying like, you can order pasta or, or and pizza and I'll, but be careful. Cause again, if you're, this is, if you're trying to be vegan, either ethically or just for health wise, cause some, a lot of uh, Italian places have no, uh, no egg in their pasta, but some do. And they were saying, uh, be careful with gnocchi cause gnocchi has, where's the thing? Um, yeah, as they usually are ready-made products that contain milk powder or eggs or other dairy products. So again, vegan being products that, that are not from animals in any way whatsoever. So, um, I, I like, I honestly, you know, the people I know are vegan. I, I know there's a lot more vegans now that are not that obnoxious vegan, you know, where you're just kind of like, ugh, how do I get away from this person? But this thing here is telling you like the book will tell you not only how to make like different meals, but it's telling you how to make different sauces and stuff like that. So if you do find like vegan pastas, a lot of chickpea pasta and stuff now, um, it's telling you how to make your own, um, sauces for them. So that again, it's just something as quick as boil it. And this book is as well all about the go. So how long it takes to prepare everything like that. Super cool book. And I am actually interested in making these little potato cakes. Uh, so that's the recipe I'll read to you guys real quick. So these delicious bites can be fried or baked in the oven without any oil at all. Serve this with fresh yogurt dip, 
flavored with a few chives. It's a little snack to pep you up and you can enjoy with a completely clear conscience. One, peel the potatoes, cut into large chunks, or sorry, uh, whatever. You guys don't need the fucking recipe. You want the recipe bad enough, email me, contact at onemanpodcast.com and I'll fucking take a picture and send it to you. But uh, peel the potatoes, cut into large chunks and boil in salted water for around. I'm just talking about, sorry, I just realized it made it sound like I wasn't going to read you the recipe. I'm going to read you the, the way to make them, but I'm not reading you the fucking quantities. If you want that, I'll, I'll send it to you. Uh, so yeah, peel the potatoes, cut into large chunks and boil in salted water for around 15 minutes until soft drain and transfer to a bowl while still warm mask mash with a fork until fairly smooth. Add the flour, one tablespoon, one teaspoon more salt in the herbs de Provence. Don't know what the fuck that is and work everything together to a smooth consistency. Roll out the mix until it's a quarter inch, five millimeters thick on a generously floured work surface using a rolling pin that you have also liberally coated with flour. Dust into two and a half inches diameter, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> diameter round cutter or glass with flour and cut out discs. Heat the oil in a pan. I thought I was supposed to do this with no oil at all. Heat the oil in a pan and fry the potato cakes on both sides until golden brown. Remove, the, remove and drain on paper towels, then leave to cool. To make the dip, stir together the yogurt and chives and season to taste with salt and pepper. Pack up the potato cakes and the dip separately to take with you. Tip, the potato cakes can also be baked in the oven. Preheat the oven to 350 degrees uh, Fahrenheit or 180 Celsius. Place them on a baking sheet lined with parchment paper and prick each several times with a fork. Bake in the center of the oven for 10 minutes and then turn them over and bake for a further 10 minutes or until they are a pale golden brown color. So yeah, that's a, that's a snack one. And I mean, you know what? It's I gotta be honest with you guys. Like all things DK, it's a lot more sexy looking at the pictures because that's what they do. They put pictures and things, and makes it a lot more uh, a lot more beautiful to look at. But those those potato cakes, I'm telling you, with that that yogurt dip, that looks like a good ass meal. They've even got like little uh, little toast spirals. They call them colorful little toast spirals. Again, I wish you could see the pictures, guys. But uh, you know how you can see the pictures by the fucking book. So if you're like me, you're busy, 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 and you're trying to eat healthier, um, you know, and then, uh, you know, and you're not, you're not constantly having, uh, you know, doubts of, of the, your successes in life and then crushing pizzas instead for a week. I, I, this is one of the things I'll start doing. And if I try, you know, not if I'm going to be trying some of these things, um, not this week, I got my meals prepped, but when I try these things, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to take pictures and I'm going to, I'm going to share them on social media and, uh, you know and let you guys see the shit that I'm doing. And I'll even let you know how it turns out because you know, that's what I do. So thank you to all my sponsors, guys, uh, DK, absolute comedy, Summersby, and portablepress.com. this week, right after this podcast, I'm going to be going with my friend, uh, another friend of mine, Vanessa, I got lots of Vanessa's in my life. Uh, we're gonna be hanging out for a bit. I haven't seen her in a few months. I posted, uh, she, she was part of the, the writing group a while back. Uh, she's had some, um, uh, She's had some stuff going on in her life, new jobs and stuff like that. We haven't hung out in a while, so we're going to go hang out. Um, tomorrow, Ubering, taxes. I'm doing a spot at Absolute Comedy to test out my new material and see if there's anything to it at all. Um, which there is. Of course there is. What the fuck am I talking about? Uh, doing some tastings this week. I got a, another one-nighter gig, which I don't even know enough about. All I know is that I have a show I'm doing on Saturday at 9 o'clock. Don't know where. Don't know how long. Just know that there's a show on Saturday, so getting ready for that uber every morning tastings in the afternoon and then on tuesday i'm going to be leaving for toronto so i'm going to take my podcast gear with me sorry i got the hiccups now um i'm going to take my podcast gear with me to toronto um and try to get some more uh interviews for you guys with some friends and, and comics and stuff like that so um i'll try to I'm, I'm gonna be doing that kanga ride thing i told you about on tuesday so i'll be taking a passenger with me we've only got one person signed up so far but you know still a week before that happens and, and as things you know 
as things fill up elsewhere, I'll uh, hopefully be the only option, the only fucking ride in town there. But um, I'll tell you guys, you know, more about that on the, uh, I guess the next episode, you know, I, I don't know if I'll be recording it while I'm in Toronto or if I'll try to do it early morning Tuesday, you know, but either way, one way or the other, you'll either find out what Kangaroo was like or uh, the last minute, you know, preparations for it. So having said that guys, it's time to read the, uh, the email for the week. Um, contact at one man podcast.com. If you want to share anything, anything at all. Um, this week, my, uh, my email comes from my friend Tiff. Tiff says, Hey Josh, it's been a while. Hope everything's going well. Rich and I were playing a card game last week called Kinder Perfect. This is a hilarious fill in the blank game about parenting. You should check it out. But it also got me wondering a few stu- stupid questions about you. Um, just before I get to those stupid questions, Chris, uh, my buddy, Chris, who listens, my little game guru kind of guy who's played a lot of stuff, especially with kids. Um, ever heard of Kinder Perfect, Chris? Is that one, uh, is that one that's, uh, that's, that's a good one. You play that one with your kiddos. All right. Going back to Tiff's thing. How old would you be okay with your son and daughter having sex, uh, together? Never. I don't care how old are they are. Should be fucking your sister. Um, would the ages be different? Okay. So in terms of kids, I don't have any of my own and, um, and I don't really know, like, um, in terms of the, uh, the ex's kids, I don't get to, um, I don't know how long they're going to be in my life for, um, not to open up a can of worms or anything like that, but just, um, Brody's older and he seems less, you know, he was less interested when, when her and I were still together about doing things. And uh, I just assume he's less, and he's, he's a teenager now. Right. So He's doing his, you know, sitting in front of a screen all the time. Um, Mickey, I enjoy spending time with, and she enjoys spending time with me. Um, I don't know why, and I can't really speak to it. All I know is I've got this vibe right now that, that I may not be, um, seeing them anymore. I don't know. I don't know if it's case. And I, and I, again, I don't want to tell the story because I don't know. It's not my place to tell it. Nothing ominous or anything like that. Just, um, my gut tells me that, that it's going to be more difficult for me to see them now. That's all, that's, that's all it is. Um, so I, I don't, I don't really know. I don't know if I'm going to be around them. A, not now Brody's Brody's a kid. So he's 14, but you know, he's not in a place where he should be having sex with anybody. Um, would the ages be different for a boy and a girl? Um, I don't, to me, it's not an age thing. To me, it's a maturity level thing. So, I would, I wouldn't say like, yes, the ages would be different. I would assume the ages are different. Like I didn't have sex until I was 18 because I was fucking terrified of it. Right. I grew up with a single mom who was raising two kids. I knew what it was like to have a a dad who wasn't fit to be a father, who wasn't, who wasn't responsible enough to be, to be a father. And I, and trust me of, of all the things I've been in my life, you know, all the mistakes I've made financially and just about everything health-wise, everything, the one mistake I didn't make was getting someone pregnant. You know, I didn't make someone fucking when I was young, I didn't get someone pregnant and completely fuck up their life. So, um, and I'm not saying that's what pregnancy does, but if you're like me, where you, you're, you're not really on stable ground ever. Um, the last thing you want to do is go, Hey, I haven't figured out life. It's time for me to teach it to someone else, you know? So, um, I, I, I would say the ages would be different, but probably only based on the fact that it would be on the maturity level. I don't, I don't know when it would be like, oh, now's it, now I should start having sex. Like when, when do you look at your kid and go, Hey, all right, go ahead and have sex. Go for it. Yeah, it's fun. Go ahead and have fun. Enjoy it. Right. Like it's, it was hard enough to be like, like comfortable with the idea of them going to the store alone, 
You know, and a, a part of that's because the world's like, hey, by the way, there's a pedophile every six feet out in public. Really? You know, like they're, they're scaring you all the time. But I think that, you know, if you teach your kids, like, you know, not just, hey, don't take rides from strangers, but like, but like, hey, if somebody's, if strangers talking to you, first off, no stranger should be talking to a child all by themselves on the street, unless they're like, Hey, even to be like, Hey, where are your parents? Like you should be able to see a kid's age and that they're walking with purpose. If a kid's walking, you know, staring straight ahead, walking all by themselves, odds are they're not panicking because they've lost their parent. Right. So if you're, you know, eight, nine years old, walking down to the corner store, I don't even know if that's too young. I don't think we sent the kids at that age, but you know, you're walking down to the corner store, eight, nine years old. And some adult comes up to you and says, where's your parents? I would say that's a red flag and fucking just start screaming stranger and running away. Um, but I don't know. Like when, when you just tell your kid like, oh yeah, it's time to have sex. That's, that's a fucking creepy thing to say, especially coming from the stepdad that I would be. Hey, I just want you to know I'm uh, okay with you having sex now. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I don't know. It's one of those things where like, really, you just got to fucking train them to be like, look, be responsible, you know, because you could really fuck up your life. That's the thing too, right? You can't teach like using fear. You got to fucking try to do your best with your, with the head on your shoulders, you know? Oh, fuck. What a question. Thanks for asking. I don't even know if you can. Yeah. And I'm sure this is just part of a board game. I'm, I'm answering this like you're having a real moral dilemma on your end. <sighs> If, if if it was like, yeah, I'm I'm like, how old? Look at the question. How old would you be okay with your son or daughter having sex? I, it's not an age thing for me. It's not an age thing. And I'm not saying ah, she's really she's a real mature nine year old. Let her. Uh, I'm just saying like, okay, first off, the age of consent in the country is 16. So why don't we just use that as like a legal, you know, 14 year olds are allowed to fuck, but you know they have to fuck another 14 year old or something like that. Or they're allowed to fuck up to a 16-year-old. Oh, God, what a weird conversation. Are you just trying to get me put on a fucking watch list right now? Um, yeah, I don't know. I would just hope that they... that. I just hope that it's someone they love. First off, I think the first person you fuck... If you're still... like, there's, It's it's weird. It's the first person you fuck. The person who steals your virginity is almost never the person that, you're ever, that you ever stay with, right? It's just the first person who taught you you know, negotiating. And usually you lose that first negotiation. But, uh, <laughs> ah, the ages wouldn't be, yeah, the ages wouldn't be different. Just everybody when they're ready, fucking when the fuck are you ready? Guys are never fucking ready. Jesus. All right. Do you prefer to deal with kids at a certain age, a baby, toddler, preteen? Well, preteens, are hormonal mouthy teens are teenagers are probably the fucking worst. They hate you. They think that they know more than you do. The only thing that they know more than you do is the definition of stupid slang terms. Currently, um, toddlers are okay. They're cute toddlers. I don't know how old a toddler like counts. Like if it's like a four-year-old or a five-year-old, a toddler, because if that is toddlers for sure, babies, what I don't like about babies is you can't communicate with them you know, in any meaningful way. Like, obviously like you talk to them and they stop and they open their eyes wide and stare at you because they don't know what the fuck's going on. But I like toddlers because toddlers are the most on par with my brain level <laughs> is they, they sort of say what's on their mind. 
it's just it's just vastly creative because they just they haven't learned all the rules and things that don't make sense yet so they're just communicating they they know what words mean and they're communicating their crazy thoughts and it's fucking hilarious to listen to them like i love them when brody and michaela were that age the stuff that they would say was hysterical and i i loved hearing it i absolutely loved hearing it so toddler is is my favorite um cuz they're still cute and they're funny and they're creative and they have no they have no shame at that age too, which is great, right? Why teach people? Anyways, all right. So toddler, toddler's my favorite. Uh, have you ever been skinny dipping? I don't know. Um, I've never like been skinny dipping in a lake, like in a horror movie or anything like that. But I can't remember. I really don't. I really don't know. I think Simon and I went to a pool one time. <laughs> I just realized that sounds like only me and a dude were there. Um. Simon and I, years and years ago, after a show, got invited by by two of them to go back to one of their places, and uh, they had a pool in the back. And I don't, I don't, I think we went skinny dipping there, but I don't remember. Um, and then I and I know there was a time, I know there was a time with uh, one of my exes, and I won't say who it was because I don't want to, you know, again be rude. But one of my exes, we had sex in a uh, public pool. Again, no one else was around. The lifeguard had gone. Uh, Inside, we were the only ones there. They did this like uh, adult swim, where like where where you were is like after like the last hour, the pool's open, only adults can go in, and we were the only two adults there. And the lifeguard was like, "I got to go inside and do some paperwork for like a couple minutes. Are you guys, either one of you, going to drown?" And we're like, "Nah, we're good." And then we had sex in the fucking pool there. You couldn't couldn't do anything in any kind of capacity to finish, but uh, if you could travel to one place, what would it be? Well, right now, Los Angeles is very exciting for me. So that's an easy one. Have you ever been to a strip club of the same sex, a gay strip club? No, I don't know of anyone. There used to be one called hot shots, I think in Ottawa, but I have no idea if it's still around or whatever. I, I've never been to it. Um, I, I know, I know lots of women who've been to, to female strip clubs, but I've never been to a male strip club. I have been to a gay bar before, which I didn't know it was a gay bar. When I went, I went with my friend, uh, my friend Lauren, and she's like, oh, you should come to, I think it was called AWOL or whatever at the time. Um, my friends and I are going to be there tonight. And I was like, all right. So I, I called up my buddies, Jimmy and Mika. We went, ran into uh, a bunch of guys we went to high school who were all doormen there. They weren't gay. They were just like all on the football team, which again, you'd think, oh, no, they're gay. No, straight dudes, but it's just apparently one of our friends from high school, like was co-owner and gave all of his buddies on the football team's jobs as bouncers there. Um, and it wasn't until we, like, we got there and they're like, they're like, what the hell are you guys doing here? And we're like, what? We're meeting our friends. And then they told us what it was. And we're like, well, then what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> like, um, but anyways, um, yeah, walking through this, the, the, the gay bar to the back, uh, I had my ass grabbed so many times and I'm not saying I'm hot shit. Like in a gay bar, I'm the fat chick. Right. And, uh, I had my ass grabbed so many fucking times. Like I totally empathized with, with women. I was like, is this what it's like to walk? I, I don't even think it's like that. I think women get whistled at. I think women get touched who don't deserve to be touched and it's horrible. And I'm so sorry, but it was like, I was like every two seconds getting grabbed. And I was like, there's no way. Cause, cause it's still gay men, right? They still have that, that testosterone in them to be like, just take what you want. I don't know. I'm not saying gay men are rapists, but that's probably that just to, to, I, I would imagine that nobody came across like that until I said it, but I don't think that at all. Of course. It's just the idea that men are aggressive and men are aggressive with what they want and gay men <laughs> want men. Um, 
So yeah, I got grabbed a lot and I was like, I don't want to go back here again. Uh, okay. Next question. <laughs> I'm not digging myself a fucking hole answering these. What is your finest childhood memory when you got in trouble for doing something you found fun? Don't, I don't know. I don't know. I never got caught masturbating. That would be, that would probably be my, <laughs> if I got caught masturbating, and got in shit, that would be the answer in a second, but I never got caught. And I don't know if that's because I was super stealthy or because my mom was intelligent and who the fuck wants to have that conversation. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Um, how did your mom deal with you lying as a kid? Um, again, I, I, I don't remember getting caught lying. Yeah, I, I really don't. Uh, I was a smart ass. I wasn't so much of a liar as I was a smart ass. And, and the thing was, I was a funny smart ass. So, I mean, I, I could tell you right now, Jimmy and Mika have like probably a hundred different lines where my mom would give me shit for something and I'd fucking smart off back at her. <laughs> I, I posted a picture. Oh, I can't even tell the story. I can't tell the story. You want to hear the story? I'll tell you in person. Um, but just ask me about my, my mother and the orangutan and I'll fucking, and yeah, it's, that was like it, between me and her to make her laugh. And it was, it, I found it to be particularly insulting to her and she thought it was so funny. She emailed it to like all of her friends and coworkers. Like that's just an idea of like my, my mom. I'm, I'm, I'm very supportive, sorry, supported, supported by my mother. So I'm lucky in that regard is, you know. As much as like, as much as we, we fought and we had a rough relationship, it's, uh, she never made me feel like, you know, wanting to be funny or anything like that. Like she stood, she stood behind, like if whatever I did made me happy, she was, she was supportive of it. You know, she just, she just wants me to, to, you know, be okay. Um, how did your mom deal with your attitude? Uh, she would share it with people and tell the fucking jokes, pay me no royalties for the laugh she was getting. Um, how did your mom deal with your, oh, I just read that one. Sorry. I'm trying to cross these off as I get to them. How would your parenting style today differ from how you were raised? Um, my mom was a single mom. I would not be a single dad. I would hope. So you do need a partnership. You, you kind of need a good cop, bad cop thing. I think because as much as like every, like when you have kids, like there's usually one kid who's pissing you off and the other kids not usually road trips and stuff are different, but I mean, just like we would always notice, like when one of the kids was giving us a hard time, the other kids saw how difficult the situation was at the time. And usually was like, well, I don't want to fucking just step into that. Right. Um, a lot of people are like that when fucking two people are arguing in the street, a lot of people are like, fuck, I don't want to go anywhere near that. You know? Um, but I would say it's, it's usually it's nice to have someone to, to, you know, play the good cop or the bad cop. And, uh, and my mom, you know, my mom would spank us at times. My mom wasn't uh, abusive, but she would spank us and, uh, I, I wouldn't spank. I do think that I can use my words. I'm, I don't want to be the kind of person who's violent in any capacity. I don't want to punch someone in the face if they piss me off. Right. It's not just with kids. I, I don't think, I think in a society, physical violence is not super, doesn't mean I don't want to fucking knock people out, but I, I too do not want to be knocked out. There's times where someone could take my silliness out of context and want to punch me in the face and I don't want to get punched in the face. So, right. Do unto others the way you'd have them do unto you. Random. I know 
but would you expect any different? Ha ha. Hope the working out and eating well are doing great. Always rooting for you. Miss your face, Tiff. Tiff, thank you so much for your email. And I appreciate the fun little questions. Again, just makes me feel like somebody gives a shit about what I'm saying. Uh, contact the one man podcast.com guys. If you want to send anything in, uh, you send it. I read it. That's how it works. Um, thank you. Portablepress.com, absolutecomedy.ca, summersby and dk.com slash ca in Canada, just dk.com in the States. And, uh, you know, Dorling Kendersley, just Google that shit. If you're anywhere else in the world, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You may as well follow them, uh, in the meantime, and I'll have more details as my social media gets handed off to a real person who knows how to do it. Uh, until then I will have a better week of better results for you next week. I'm going to go have some experiences and have uh, some stories for you again. Thanks for listening. I always appreciate it guys. Peace.